This episode is supported by Upmost, sponsors of Team Guernsey at the 2023 Island Games. Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. Plenty to get into on this week's pod. We'll have reaction to a great night for Guernsey FC on Wednesday. They're off the bottom of the league and they've got a new chairperson at the helm. An interview with Handpicked Hotels founder Julia Hans to come. We'll also talk golf with the men who will represent Guernsey at this summer's Island Games now confirmed. Island manager and selector Dave Jeffrey joins us to look ahead to a big summer on the course. And there's some great news for tennis this week. The junior interinsular is being played for the first time in more than a decade. We'll have more on that to come. I'm Tony Kerr and with me it's Gareth the Prevo. Hi Tony. Sport news coming thick and fast this week Gareth. Um, <laughs> let's start with GFC though. Um, I caught the end of their win last night and got absolutely soaked in the progress at Foots Lane. Um, their second straight win in the Eastman South Central. As I say they're off the bottom. It's a, a significant week for them. Yeah it's, uh, it was a great night really for them. They're playing against a side who started the night in fifth place um, in South Park and um, yeah seeing a couple of uh, old faces return was um, certainly a boost for for the crowd as much as it was the team as well and uh, there was no huge surprise when Ross Allen is the one who scores the uh, the winning goal in a, a game like that but it was his first appearance since mid-October so it's obviously great to see him back for the for the Green Lions and yeah it was uh, it was a merited goal at the time they went 1-0 up after about half an hour or so and they certainly deserved to be ahead at half time and then it became a, a real rearguard action in the second half and they had to defend for for their lives really but they seem to they seem to almost do it confidently they 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 never really look like conceding even though they're under a lot of pressure and it was uh, it was great to just see people flinging themselves in the way of shots and any headers that were going up they were, they were competing for and uh, yeah it was perhaps a bit of a flashback to the old days i suppose but uh, it was a really good win for, for GFC, who climbed up to 17th from 20th. And um, the other results went their way as well. So it was a very good night for them. Yeah, they really were in the trenches um, at the back end of that match. Um, yeah, as you say, yeah, really positive week. I mean, looking back um, you know, only sort of 10 days or so, things were looking quite, I would say, bleak. But certainly looking, you know, they were starting to probably wonder where the next win was going to come from, where the next point was going to come from. Um, yeah, and suddenly two wins in a row. They're looking up. They've got some some key players um, back on the pitch, as you mentioned. Um, and um, yeah, some fresh impetus in the boardroom as well. News this week that Julia Hans, the founder of Handpicked Hotels, who of course been sponsoring the club um, for a few years now, has taken over from Mark Letizia, who um, the club says stepped down for a well-earned rest. Um, uh, she's gone onto the board alongside Paul O'Neill, who's taken up a post there. Um, Tony Vance is on the board as well. He has been for, for about a year or so. So a bit of a fresh look to how um, the club's being run. And it'll be interesting to see um, what things they look to implement um, over the next sort of weeks, months and, and years um, to push the club forward. Um, well, I caught up with Julia Hans actually this week at the Aztec Arena um, to find out what she made of taking on that role as Guernsey FC's new chairwoman. Just first of all, Julia, just gives a sense of... Um, yeah, your uh, kind of involvement in the club up to date and, uh, you know, Handpick's involvement and I suppose what the impetus was to get involved in a more personal way and, and take on this role. Well, Handpick started uh, its sponsorship of the uh, Guernsey Football Club um, four years ago. This is our fourth season and uh, it's something which we feel very strongly about. It's, it's, a, it's a huge passion of mine is football. And I think on the island, uh, the, the football club has a real role to play 
to play rather, but also uh, talking about paying. Um, it's, it's a very exp expensive uh, endeavour with all the, uh, the the associated costs. So we were very very happy to sponsor that. And then I thought, well, it'd be quite interesting to see how the uh, how the inner workings of the, of the club go. And uh, I joined the board, and then. I became the chairman, so... <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. And as you say, you're a big football fan and a big Arsenal fan, so you must be loving life at the moment. Um, but have you ever been involved in a, a football club at any level, kind of off the pitch? No, this, this is the first. Um, the sponsorship was the first step, and then the uh, involvement in the board is, is the second. So what's that going to be like for you, kind of, as you say, getting to know the sort of inner workings, albeit at a much lower level than Arsenal, but um, to get to know the inner workings of a, of a club and what makes it sort of tick, I suppose, on and off the pitch and, and the impact it has on the community here? I think it'd be a very interesting journey, actually. Um, I like the other board members. I, I knew most of them before I before I joined, and I've got a lot of respect for the work that they do to keep the uh, the show on the road. Um, I think it'll be a very, very interesting uh, journey. Well, what will be your approach as, as chair? I mean, how involved do you hope to be? I mean, yeah, so what are your priorities kind of taking on the role and, and I suppose trying to keep the club going and, and set it up for a successful future? Well, there are a lot of challenges at the moment, a huge number of challenges with uh, with rising costs uh, left, right and centre. I think at the moment, because I'm so committed to handpicked hotels and my role within that uh, company, I haven't got so much time spare. But just as a supervisory and, and advisory um, position, I think would be where I am at the moment. Obviously, there's been a few changes to the board. It's quite a new look um, uh, kind of operation now, kind of running the club. Is there a sort of fresh strategy that, that you're going to be kind of to be looking to implement, I guess, as a, as, a, as a group and to try and push the club forward? I think there are quite a few ideas we've got, but uh, I think we'll probably hold off on, on announcing those until they've, they've got more flesh on them. But uh, certainly there's some, some, some interesting, stimulating ideas, certainly. Fantastic. And obviously, you know, the club um, has made a massive impact in the community off the pitch. Um, yeah, it's done some fantastic things over the last decade and a bit. Um, but how important is it to have a, a winning team on the pitch to kind of, I suppose, help support the good work it does around the island. Well, <laughs> yes, um, support support uh, does does sort of follow success, and I think uh, success on on the pitch is is obviously extremely important. But some seasons are better than other seasons. I think this season the the clubs had some rather um, a run of bad luck one way or the other, and. Uh, it's uh, current form is not that great, but that's that's no predictor of the future. So I think it it will improve, I'm sure. And we're speaking here at the new Aztec Arena indoor, fantastic facility that you know hopefully is going to um, make a massive impact to to you know young footballers in the island and, and football in general going forward. Um, is that you know when you look at something like this and the, the enthusiasm around for football in Guernsey, um, is that something you want to see kind of mirrored within the, the Guernsey FC setup as well and and kind of I suppose bring that like fresh impetus to the club uh, a decade into its existence? Well I hope so, I really do hope so. I mean it's on a very sort of firm footing in terms of its the commitment of those in, currently involved. Um, so a little bit more commitment, a little bit more uh, in the way of innovation and, and uh, activity I think would be a very very good thing. A little way to go this season, um, you know the club finds itself at the bottom of the table at the moment but lots of big games to come. Are we going to see you down at Futsane uh, quite a lot uh, going forward? Whenever I can, I, I will go. Um, but we, we travel quite a lot. And uh, But if I'm on island and they're playing, I, I, I certainly will be there. 
Julia Hans speaking to me there. Um, yeah, quite sort of guarded on exactly what sort of ideas are being banded around um, in the board meeting at GFC, but I'm sure there'll be um, yeah, some sort of fresh ambition there um, and some fresh ideas coming down the line. Um, a word also from me for the, the kids that were standing behind the goal last night at Foots Lane, because um, yeah, certainly when I turned up, they were in full voice, making lots of noise, had a new chant every sort of 30 seconds or so, and really fantastic to see. They gave um, Russ Allen a big reception when he uh, when he got his goal big reception when he got subbed off as well um and generally just got very very involved in um in the occasion so uh, that's fantastic to see we always like to see um uh, yeah a bit of enthusiasm behind the net yeah they um i think they were perhaps a bit disappointed that the ball wasn't down their end a bit more often in the second half because gfc barely got out of their half but um they certainly made themselves known and they they gave those advertising hoardings a good sort of battering as, as if they were drums throughout the whole second half and uh, yeah it's just nice to in fact the the atmosphere in the garin sand as well was um, you can tell it's a bit more buoyant than it has been. Now, obviously, when you sort of get into a bit of a losing run, it, it sort of deflates everyone. But having won last two games, seeing Ross back, I mean, I, I don't like making it sort of all about one person. But when it comes to GFC, there's one person that people know about, and it's Ross Allen. And when his name is read out at the start and he's in the team, it's sort of everyone just gets buoyed by that. Um, so it, it was a it was a certainly more positive atmosphere than I felt at Footslane pretty much throughout the whole rest of the season so far. Yeah, and Ross's name still carries a bit of weight around the league as well. And it's just me Lee put out an article about his um um, his latest goal and uh, I think one of the other clubs posted a gif of uh, yeah, sort of suggesting their sort of slight disappointment at seeing him returning to the fold well alright let's let's temper this slightly I, I must admit I, I said to you early this morning Tony I said you could tell for the first 20 minutes or so Ross was rusty because he had trouble picking out his own teammates for the first <laughs> 20 minutes but then typically, you know, he gets a couple of chances and uh, sticks one away and it's, it turns out to be the, the winner. So, yeah, it, it's a pretty familiar script, I think. Ross Allen's in the team and he scores a winner. Yeah, good to see him back in green and um, GFC are back at home as well on Saturday um, to take on Marlow, another side um, towards the top of the ESPN South Central. Um, but as we say, I'm sure confidence will be high now going into that one. Um, we'll be back with another Guernsey Press football podcast on Monday hearing from Tony Vance about... I suppose a much better couple of weeks for his club and also um, yeah, the significance of the sort of off the field changes and uh, I guess where the club is uh, going next with um, a new chairperson at the helm. Um, right, let's leave the football there. Coming up next, we'll be talking golf. Welcome back to the Guernsey Press Sport Podcast. Do make sure you're hitting follow or subscribe or wherever you get your podcast to get every episode delivered straight to you every Thursday. Um, now, the Island Games teams are coming in with a sort of steady flow now. We've had, uh, well, I don't know, we're probably getting up to half the, the sports now have named their selections for the summer. Um, a few months ago or a few weeks ago, um, the women who will be representing Guernsey and the golf tournament um, were confirmed. Um, we had to wait a little longer for the men, but uh, Dave Jeffrey, the Island captain has made his selection um uh well, in fact he's picked five which will be trimmed down to four um nearer the time and um and a strong looking team uh that Gunsy have got there oh for sure there's um there's definitely ever-growing sort of strength and depth in the men's game at the moment but 
in terms of who you'd expect to get in sort of like Guernsey's ideal 72-hole um, team, certainly you'd, you'd put both Blondels in it, Danny Blondels. Just he's, he is sort of setting the benchmark these days now that sort of Bobby Ego has stepped away from the, the Ireland, the men's Ireland team. Um, Danny is, is he's the one who everyone looks up to as sort of like the benchmark. So he was a very obvious con- contender, as was his cousin Jamie, who's the reigning Channel Island champion and such a, such a very good player around his own course. And then it's then it was perhaps a bit more open because there's a lot of people in contention. Um it's nice to see that they've sort of opted for, for the younger generation. Uh, Ollie Chedome obviously, is the reigning Hampshire junior champion, so his credentials are pretty obvious. Uh, Jeremy Nicholl is um, a former Ireland champion already. He's, he's only in his mid-20s, so I think he um, he's the sort of type, Jez, who... Um, when he gets given this sort of focus to look forward to, he will dedicate himself to being in absolutely peak form when the Island Games comes round, and um, he can put together some really good rounds. So um, it, that's another. It's a good, promising selection, and I'm really pleased with Tom Passmore. He works. He, he's a bit more of the, the sort of the silent one out of the, out the five. You'd almost, or it's sort of like perhaps less in the limelight, but um, he's worked really hard on his golf, and he's played certainly in the last couple of years. He's played some really good stuff, and he thoroughly deserves to be in the interinsular side last year uh, a good selection for this team but there, there are quite a few who I don't know if feel necessarily hard done by but it, it could have been sort of like any any one of 10 or 11 who could have got in yeah good to see the selection made team Guernsey definitely taking shape and we've been pleased to um, speak to representatives of all the sports here on the Guernsey Press Sport podcast um, supported by Upmost who are sponsors of team Guernsey um, this summer Um, for the golf um, we invited in uh, uh, the man I mentioned before the team manager for the games and Ireland captain or Ireland men's captain um, Dave Jeffrey had the uh, unenvious task of making those selections but uh, he did so um, this week and he popped in for a chat to tell us all about it yeah very pleased um you know a couple of names obviously that, that sort of jump out as being obvious picks jamie and danny um you know danny's been there and done it all before the island's lowest handicap i think at the moment uh, and jamie's the current channel island champion um you know ollie we all know what ollie's been doing recently um sort of locally and off island uh, and jez also you know he worked hard last year got his handicap down of course um patty fantastic last year did well in the entrenchulas and got his handicap down from two to scratch. Uh, so no, very, very pleased with the team, and I'm sure they'll they'll do us proud in July. Yeah, you've named five, one of whom will end up being a reserve. When will you make that decision, and and, and kind of yeah, how will you go about actually whittling it down? Uh, it's difficult. I mean, we I say we don't really know how we're going to do it. We've got a rough idea how we're going to do it. <laughs> Have you given yourself uh, a headache there? <laughs> draw, draw straws or something. But no, I mean, having naming having to name it so early. Um, there's no real golf to, to play, uh, certainly not until middle of March. Um, the clubs will have their Henderson qualifier. But again, you've got a couple of guys from, or three guys from Lancrest, they play on Saturday. And then Ollie and Jez will be playing on the Sunday, so it'll be completely different weather conditions possibly, so it's very difficult to compare the scores. So I, that's probably the only competitive round we might potentially look at. Um, but the idea is that we'll make that final call mid-end of March with a view to taking the starting four to Jersey for the CI match against Hampshire. And just remind us what the Island Games golf format is, Dave, and, and why you think these players um, are kind of suited to that. That's a very good question. I, <laughs> I, I think it's four rounds, or well, it is four rounds, four rounds uh, around Lancrest. 
uh, and obviously for, to win individual medals, uh, it's your four scores over the over the seventy two holes. Um, but I believe for the team event, you can drop a score per day. So the worst scorer from your four, you lose that score for the team event. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how, how it works. So in terms of what the players bring, we're looking for consistency in stroke play. Uh, I think we've got that across the five five we've selected. One or two may be more susceptible to a, a little blowout than, than, than maybe one of the others. Um, but, but you know, take that away. A couple of guys are more likely to, to fire some birdies as well. So what we're looking for is consistency. And I, I think if you can get round four rounds in you know, level par or one, or one or two over a day, you won't be that far away. Um, sort of chatting to you when you first announced the, the five Dave earlier this week um, just to sort of reiterate a bit of what we went over at that time um, sort of in the last couple of interventions you've been really pleased with the, the, the strength and depth we've had and you've had to almost leave out some players who are sort of very low handicappers even scratch handicappers um, how, how many do you would you say were actually in genuine contention for this squad? Well I mean certainly you had the you had the 10 who played the interventions last year and then of course Stevie Steve Mai, scratch golfer, you know, he was our reserve. So certainly all of those are in contention. Um, unfortunately, Bob wasn't available. Bob Diego wasn't available for selection. Um, so it really was difficult to get. I mean, we, we struggled last year to get 10 mm. from probably you know, 15 or 16 guys who could have done a job for you. Um, so to get four or five from, from 10 wasn't easy at all. And you could quite easily field two teams and be quite happy with them. And when it comes to it, Dave, how much do you expect the home advantage to count? I mean, uh... well, it should be massive. I and mean, I said in the paper this week that um, Bar Jersey, uh, who play here you know, every other year for the Interinsula, I know a few of them used to come over for the Landcrest Open. They don't do that so, so much now. Um, but you're talking about islands who either haven't been here. I'm not sure. I can't remember when the last games were um, going. 20 years. Mm. 20 years ago. So yeah. you probably find that no one is still in that team. Uh, who played 20 years ago. So you talk about people who may never have seen the course before uh, and it's there, we, we play it you know, every, every day or certainly every weekend. I think home advantage is, is, is massive um, and that's why I've sort of heaped a bit of pressure on the team by, <laughs> by, by, by saying you know, I really do expect us to, to win, the, win the team gold and I'd like to see um, the guys up there competing for the top three medals as well. Seeing as you don't know exactly what happened 20 years ago, <laughs> you're probably right in your sort of prediction or, or your hopes because Bobby did win gold, Mick Marley won silver, Steve Mai just lost out on the playoff for bronze and we won team gold. So we're actually sort of defending both this time round. Yeah, and I, I think that's a fair expectation. Um, I'm, not, I'm not going to speak for the ladies squad because I, I let Andy do that and I, I don't know how strong they are compared to other ladies from, from, from other islands but certainly from a men's point of view I think we know that Bermuda's likely to be strong if they're coming over Isle of Man Isle of Wight uh, and certainly um, I think Gotland uh, pretty strong someone told me so th th there'll be competition out there but home advantage I think should be massive uh, and we should look to exploit that it's the only thing I suppose being the host island everyone wants it to, to see Guernsey at its very best lovely sunny calm conditions I suppose for our, our golfers we actually like a bit of breeze that even helps home advantage even further yeah I mean we're, we're thinking about that in terms of sorting team kit now I mean you hope middle of July you're going to be out there in shorts and polo shirts mm. but um, you never know you get a you get a slight breeze from the north or what have you and it, mm. it's a completely different day and you need to wrap up warm so um, yeah it's we hope for good weather in July um, but you never know down there. And as far as like staging the competition goes, I mean, it's been great to see um, how much enthusiasm there has been around 
youth golf and, and and the young players in the last few years you you know at all the events you see them out on the course watching and if not <laughs> challenging it towards the sort of latter stages um but yeah i mean how much uh, for you guys are sort of golf administrators i guess in the island how much do you think this could be a platform and a, a kind of product to really energize and motivate the young players we got yeah i mean like i said we wanted the emphasis on on youth which which is possibly by one or one or two of the more senior players um haven't been selected you know daniel griggs Arthur and Diego, they're all very close to being selected, but we wanted that emphasis on youth. It looks good as a home island to have your younger golfers out there. Um, you know, I, I had to phone Jaden this week. You know, Jaden Tucknot had a great season. He's down to scratch or, or one handicap. Uh, and he was he was close to being selected, but we, we just felt that throwing him into an island games without having played a senior interinch was probably a bit too much for him. Um, but I, I have every every faith that he'll be there knocking on the door come September and you know, hopefully it can be a platform for you know, we've got a great youth system at the moment a lot of good junior golfers it's gone full circle you, you look back five or six years seven years you know Jersey were ridiculously strong and, and, and we were poor um, to be frank but it's gone full circle and we're the other we're the other end of the spectrum now we have guys you know four five six juniors who are scratch one two handicap um, so it really is looking good for, for Guernsey Golf. Mm. And just one sort of thought, with the games being delayed because of the pandemic and what have you, it's ended up all four rounds being at Lancres. First, even 20 years ago, we had two rounds at Grand Mar. Yeah. Because of the work that's going on down there now, it's not going to be available. It, is that disappointing to you? Mm. I mean, I think we probably would have a slightly different team uh, if it was played over two venues because there's a few guys... Um, you know, good players. You know, obviously Jeremy's there in the, in the five, but CJ Elmy been down the the Grand Mar for years. Uh, I I know he can play that course extremely well. So there may have been a change of personnel had it had it been a, a two venue event, but it's not. Um, and I, th- I think Lancras will hold up well for four rounds. Ollie's got it in great condition, um, and we're looking forward to it. I think there's 128 players confirmed. I'm not sure whether that's how that works out in terms of team numbers and whether certain islands are bringing men-only teams or, or lady-only teams. Mm. Um, but no, it should be a good, a good a good field, and it will be, you know, teeing off at seven seven thirty all the way through to the afternoon. So it'll be very busy down there. Mm. Like you say, you know, the course is going to be in great condition. It's it's sort of evolved really nicely over the last couple of years um, under Ollie Pennington. But um, I'd imagine it will look pristine come July. <laughs> yep. No, he, I mean he, he he came into sort of a bit of a war zone. The greens were dreadful. <laughs> we had the we had the leather jacket problem. Mm. Um, we, we just had some bad weather, lots of flooding. He really has turned it round, uh, and the course looks look, looks pretty decent at the moment. And we're in the winter months, so so come the summer, uh, I'm sure it'll be great. You also mentioned the um, CI versus Hampshire game, mm-hmm. Dave. That that comes around sort of that's almost like the the early highlight of the season. But yep. I mean, how, how are you looking forward to what's coming up in in 2023 from just a, a more general Guernsey golf perspective? Well, we started off by booking the wrong hotel for the wrong weekend. <laughs> <laughs> for the um, for the for, for the CI match, so we've now we've now sorted that out. So that, that's that's a nice one to get going. I mean, that's a, a competitive fixture, but a friendly one at the same time. Mm. Uh, and then we you know we will at the same time be or weekend after we'll have the uh, elite foursomes, which I know you guys kindly sponsor and give us lots of coverage for. Um, so that really sort of kickstarts the season, and then again you go straight into the um, evening scratch league as well. So you've got lots of lots of golf to look forward to uh, in 2023. 
and some important team selections you're going to have to make. I imagine you'll, you'll be getting even more people knocking on the door, wondering why they're not in teams. <laughs> what for? Scratch league and... Or... All sorts. <laughs> well, <laughs> Certainly will come in Trinsula time. I think you'll, yeah, you're going to have a very... I mean, you mentioned sort of Jaden Tucknock. There's a lot of yep. junior golfers who are just improving all the time as well. And it's a great headache to have, I'm sure. Yeah, no, I mean, certainly you, you had the 10, 10 that performed so well last year and won us the trophy I know Steve he was very disappointed not to get in and he said he's going to make it his mission to get back in the squad mm. uh, and yeah, like you've said you've got Jaden and probably at least one or two other juniors I'm sure who will give the older players a run for their money for selection mm. and just so to have a bit of a Sort of a segue here, just a bit of a fun question, I suppose. But we're talking about the, the course at Lancrest and the condition it's in. Um, very recently, it was um, put out on Twitter, on sort of international Twitter, that John Rahm, the informed player in the world, is now sort of plus thirteen handicap. If you put his late, if you put all his rounds right. from sort of September to now, so that means he would have to go around Lancrest in fifty-seven shots to be level par. Yeah. Do you reckon he could do that? No. <laughs> it's a hell of a handicap though, isn't it? <laughs> no, I think um yeah, I think I think probably those guys could could quite comfortably on a half decent day go around it in 62 63. Mm. Um with the length they hit the ball. Um but I think it'd be more the greens the, the speed of the greens that they're, they're used to greens like glass and obviously these are a little bit slower. Mm. So I think without doubt they'll be on the they'll be close to driving some of the greens or you know but I I I think 57's a bit of a stretch. And do you th- would you fancy your chances beating him off handicap on a match play? Well, if he gave me fifteen shots, I don't I don't I don't think he'd last very long. <laughs> um, <laughs> It'd be all over and done by the twelfth. That's a good place to walk in. Well, given his uh, yeah, given his form, let's hope he hasn't got some sort of you know Bermudan passport or something. He doesn't turn up in July. We'll see. A very busy summer ahead and a really exciting season. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll touch base a bit closer to the time. But uh, yeah, cheers, Dave. And um, yeah, good good luck getting those five um, yep. up to speed. Well, see you out on the course soon. <laughs> Guernsey Island men's team manager Dave Jeffrey speaking to us there yeah I mean the, the golf season not too far away it feels um, a bit fresh out there but I'm um, talking about tournaments in March before so um, yeah not too far away it'll be on us before we know it Tony I mean I've, I've actually been down the golf club a couple of times this week to sort a few things out and uh, the course actually does look pretty good considering sort of all the rain we've had recently and and being it only January it's um, I'm sure it'll be in absolutely outstanding condition once it comes around to July. But yeah, it's just it, now that the evenings are just starting to draw out, you get the feeling you'll see all the, the elite players soon sort of getting their practice ready for what's going to be a very big season for them. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, well, let's have a look at what's coming up this weekend. And it's um, yeah, a really exciting one um, for junior tennis in the islands because um, two junior intrinsics are being played. The first... Uh, junior fixtures between Guernsey and Jersey is thought for sort of 10 or 15 years, which is fantastic to see those back in Guernsey. Um, the under-14s are going to go head-to-head and over in Jersey, the under-18s. And you mentioned the weather uh, there, Gareth. I don't know um, if everyone will have seen um, the impact the heavy rain in, had in Jersey um, just last week in the Caesarean Club. Uh, Caesarean Tennis Club, which was kind of decimated really by the um, sort of flash flooding there. It's quite extraordinary. Um, I mean, the, the, you don't expect to see those pictures in the islands. It's not something we used to. No, it's. Um, I've, I've spent quite a lot of the island games in 2015 at the Caesarean Tennis Club, and it's a really nice facility. But it is sort of like in the in the dip of the valley down there. And um, yeah, when I saw when I saw some of the video footage of how their sort of courts were were looking and just basically decimated, it's it's really really. 
um, it's, it's strange, but it's, it's sad as well. But it's just sort of so strange seeing in those conditions. But um, hopefully they'll be able to sort of clear up and get them back into good working order ASAP. Well, all the best to everyone at the Caesarean Club. Yeah, I hope to um, see um, all the courts there back in action um, as soon as possible. Well, the uh, good news for the juniors heading over to Jersey is that uh, they found an alternative venue to stage those inter-insular matches. Um, yeah, great to see these fixtures back on the agenda. And it's um, sort of partly been made possible by a new sponsorship um, for Guernsey Tennis and Paddle, a two-year sponsorship with Hiscox, um, uh, which is great news for the sport and a big endorsement of what's going on um, in the sport locally. Well, I went down to see a few of the juniors hit on Wednesday night and spoke to some of those behind the scenes at Guernsey Tennis and Paddle about the significance of this fixture and that sponsorship deal, starting with uh, longtime coach Yo Robinson. It's absolutely fantastic. I think it's probably been maybe more than 15 years since we, we've done it last. Um, and so it's a great, it's brilliant for the kids because it's a good stepping stone to sort of going off to England and things like that. So, and they're very excited. We're thrilled to have a sponsor that, you know, can make them look the, the bit. And, um, and now they've just got to go and get the job done. Yeah, I mean, how crucial is that kind of off-island competitive tennis to, to any young player's development? Oh, it's it's massive and particularly not having had it for a couple of years, not having had that opportunity. A lot of these kids haven't been away and it really affects their motivation then training. Um, and so, yeah, I couldn't be more delighted. We've yeah. got, I think, under 14 and uh, 18 and under categories, if you like, um, to, to play against Jersey. Is the hope that these will be annual events now? Yeah, I think that's definitely, you know, there's a lot of impetus now. We've got a fantastic committee on board. There's a lot of people putting energy into the right places and, and when you've got a big team of people who are interested in tennis uh, and developing it then then yeah good things happen. You've so. obviously been involved in Guernsey tennis for a number of years um, you know you've seen the, the sport change I'm sure over yeah. time the introduction of paddle over there has been yeah. big but with this sponsorship with this kind of news about the um, junior entrances with an island games to look forward to yeah. is this going to be potentially a big springboard year for tennis? I, I think so because you know the club is noticeably got more buzz about it you know paddle's been a great addition it's like an addition rather than a competition uh you know all the all tennis players can be great paddle players and um and I, I say i think it's just a really good energy at the club and and in tennis in general so yeah my name is michael williams uh i'm uh, from guernsey now i moved here in the, in the summer um and uh, yeah i run the hiscox insurance company uh, in guernsey well, you know, the, the key bit for us was to, to support lo the local community, um, you know, being on the island for a long period of time. You know, our, we've got deep, root, deep roots of being on the island and we wanted to sort of support uh, locals. I know there's tennis in schools, but also there's a lot of sport that needs to happen out, outside of schools. And with tennis combined with uh, something that was very, very new to me, this world of paddle, uh, we just felt it was something to do. And also things like the island games, um, you know, keen that... Keen that um, Guernsey does as well as it can, but also to sort of support, you know, the, the, the talent coming through. Yeah, fantastic. And you mentioned paddle. That's obviously had a, yeah, it's been a real boon time for that sport. And yeah, since it's been introduced to Guernsey, um, yeah, it seems to have gone down so well. You know, on the tennis side, great to see the junior insular coming back this year. And is that is that a big part of the sponsorship to them helping yeah. to make that happen? Yeah, very much so. You know, it's all about, for us, it's really about targeting, like I said, grassroots sport. Uh, you know, a long-term plan to sort of help Islanders and also, you know, the, the, the juniors of uh, the, hopefully the future stars, uh, whether it's getting to the dizzy heights of, of Wimbledon or actually just getting into fitness and an activity that keeps your mental health and your body and everything else 
uh, in, in shape is, is phenomenal. So, yeah, uh, we're fully appreciative that a lot of people do a lot of sport, whether it's in schools or whether it's in gyms and stuff like that. But at the same time, um, to be able to sort of help maybe the future star of Wimbledon or actually someone that's just maybe struggling and, you know, wants to get into sport and doesn't really actually want to be, uh, you know, at that, at more in the spotlight, but wants to actually just, um, you know, feel a bit better about themselves and actually be part of a part of a a local sort of setup like this, or even a, a squad going over to the to the games, we thought it was really important. Yeah, oh, brilliant. And uh, yeah, as you said before, you're still relatively new to the island. What have you made of the the kind of enthusiasm for sport in Guernsey? It's phenomenal. It is. It is phenomenal. I mean, some of the facilities are are, are fantastic, and obviously, you know, you see a huge amount of people enjoying them and, and getting involved. I, I think there's so much on offer. It's almost, uh, you know, being able to to sort of help people get get involved more is a, is, is a key challenge so yeah it's been it's been great I've, in, I've enjoyed every part of it and also you you do see the the different um uh the different weather impacts in, in guernsey so there are times when you know like here you've got the indoor facilities that's brilliant and then also we have the phenomenal summers and some you know when it's early uh when it's lighter and people can get outside and play on the courts or and stuff like that yeah it's been it's been great gerald huff and i chair the channel islands lawn tennis association well, it's, 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 it's terribly important for the, the young ones to get competitive experience. We try and train up squads to play in the county, county cups in the UK, which is sponsored by the LTA. We get subsidy from the LTA to put teams in. But unless the kids get exposure to competition, they go over to the UK and then they get trounced in, in matches. So creating competitive, a competitive environment for them with these interinsulars is so important and they love it they, they love the the, comp, the competition they love the whole thing about being involved in a team and that's so important to their development yeah we've got some youngsters hitting balls in front of us very well i must say much better than me um yeah as you say that sort of competitive element though and giving them sort of match practice is that what sort of reviving the, these matches with jersey is all about it's very much to do with that. It's to give them the exposure to competition, to teach them to behave with integrity, but to be intensely competitive, um, to, to work as a team, which is so important for their development through their adult life. So all these things come together, but really it's the thrill of competition and giving them that thrill. So when they go to the UK to play in the County Cups, they've got more experience, more composure, they're more settled, and therefore they can be more competitive and start to win matches. And of course, alongside this news of the um, interinsular returning, the junior interinsular returning, uh, this news of sponsor, a big sponsorship. I mean, how significant is that? And I mean, uh, is it a big vote of confidence in the sport in the island? Very much so. And it's terrific what Hiscox has done uh, to support tennis the way they have over the next two years and hopefully further forward than that. And it gives us so many opportunities to think of ways of bringing children into the sport, you know, walk-in tennis, academies, um, this sort of competition uh, and a whole mass of stuff we can do with that money and the LTA has also substantially increased our funding uh, from this year onwards and that again combined with the Hiscox money will enable us to have a very very interesting program to develop tennis and paddle. Yeah, fantastic to see um, those junior entrances taking place this weekend. And uh, yeah, good luck to all of those representing Guernsey. Gareth, anything else to look out for this weekend before we finish? Well, um, well hopefully Raiders will be able to make it back-to-back -back wins. They're away at the bottom club, um, Westcliff in National 2 East this weekend. Westcliff have yet to win a game. They're sort of struggling at the bottom, but they're always very, um, they're always very competitive, but they just haven't been able to turn anything into a win this year. But 
Yeah, Raiders coming off the back of a really impressive second half performance last week against uh, TJ's, which saw them win 25-14. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a really, really impressive turnaround. They were 11 points behind, sort of going into added time, as you could call it, at the end of the first half when they got a try, which sort of just swung the momentum and they just carried that momentum into the second half of the game. So it was a... A really good result for for Jordan Reynolds and his men. They'll be looking to back that up this weekend. Yeah, Raiders away for the next two weekends. um, The next home game, the big one probably this season against Blackheath, uh, an old and story club. So we'll have more coverage um, on that when we get to it. Um, Anything else to be aware of this weekend? Well, funnily enough, there's there's another top-of-the-table clash in the Women's uh, Hockey League. Uh, Last week, um, Indies beat Panthers for the second time in, in in this month. Um, to extend their lead to six points. Um, the, the results on the day meant that Puffins move up to into second and now Indies have to play Puffins this weekend. So it's a, another big game. They just seem to come sort of like every week in the in the Alliance Women's League. So um, that'll be a, a big one. Um, and Panthers aren't out of it yet. They've still got a couple of games in hand on those above them. So it's a, turning into a, a sort of a three-way title race and it's really intriguing to see how it'll go. Yeah, good stuff. And some big uh, occasions coming up at, down at the Hockey Club with um, yeah, back-to-back weekends, I think, is it, for the men and the women yeah, in the, the National yeah. Cup? The women have got their Tier 3 Championship match on the 5th of February, Sunday the 5th at noon. They welcome Surbiton Lionesses. And then the following Saturday, the 11th of February, um, the men will uh, play the University of East Anglia in their third round of the, their Tier 2 Championship. So, yeah, there's some really big fixtures coming up at the Hockey Club. Yeah, lots to look forward to down there. Um, right, that's just about it, I think, from us this week. As I say, we'll be back on Monday with another Guernsey Press football podcast. Um, but as ever, stay on top of everything going on in local sport with the Guernsey Press um, six days a week in paper and on social media at GSY Press Sport, uh, the place to go. Cheers, Gareth. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, Tony.